Actually, I want to say hi there, folks, but fuck it. I like to talk about Miramichi. I like to talk about sports. It's in my wheelhouse. We have hosted major midget Atlantics and then had our team ripped away from us thanks to Hockey New Brunswick. That still pisses me off. What I love about it is that you remember it one way, I remember it another, but we'll both remember it as The Run. Hi there, it's Patty, and this is The Run, podcast number two, recorded at Vogue Theatre. My guest for number two is Ryan Summers, and Ryan and I chat about the Miramichi Gagnon Packers, Ironman Cardinals, Palamu Tommies, Hoppy Dunn, Giants Dodgers, and a little WWF as Ryan remembers their appearance at the Miramichi Civic Center back in June of 1994. The Run with Ryan Summers. And Ryan Summers joins us now. Ryan, thanks for stopping by. Uh, thanks for having me there, Patty. All right, so for a little bit of a, a background here, last week we run into each other at Family Convenience. You and I end up, uh, after we conduct our business in the front parking lot there at Family Convenience, talking old times, Cardinals, Ironman, Palamu, Tommies, uh, the whole nine yards, and enter Brent Langtang. He comes in with a couple of Chatham Head Tiger stories, and I thought, you know what, there's something here, so uh, here you are, and uh, I, again, I appreciate you stopping by. Hey, I appreciate you having me in. It's going to be a good time. And, and one of our great passions in life is sports, of course, uh, specifically ball and hockey. That's where you and I intersect most often. And, uh, you know, on paper, this is a total mismatch. Uh, we have a Tommy and a Palamu. We have a Cardinal and an Ironman. We have a Dodger and a Giants fan. So this is a complete mismatch uh, by, all, by all accounts. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so our first topic of conversation, uh, both in the parking lot and here today, was that 92 New Brunswick Senior Baseball League Series, Newcastle Cardinals, Chatham Ironman, uh, the one year that uh, the Cardinals reigned supreme and won the provincial championship, and you had a front row seat and a very unique seat, so paint yeah. a picture for us. Yeah, absolutely. I did. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be the bat boy on that squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a bat boy with the Cardinals for probably a few years. Uh, Judson Way was actually one of my predecessors, and I think mm-hmm. Bobby Joe Burns as well uh, mm-hmm. were bat boys prior to me arriving there, but uh, that was definitely an awesome year for the Cardinals, and uh Climax with a championship victory over the Ironman. All right, so Bat Boy Ryan, uh, for a means of context, you are how old in 1992? I uh, would have been 12. Yeah, would have been 12 in June of that year. So, uh, all right, so you're at uh, Cardinal Park, which call me crazy. Would uh, Cardinal Park have been relatively new back in those it days? Was still in its infancy. I think Cardinal Park uh, started in either 90 or 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they hosted a senior national back there in 91, I believe. So that was nine. junior or senior, or one of the two. Uh, sorry, yes, like w- you're, you're correct. It, it was, was junior. Jun- yeah, it was junior so. national. Yeah, mm-hmm. my apologies. Seems and, to me uh, there's still a couple of programs up in the in the PA booth at Cardinal Park. Probably are. Probably <laughs> some sunflower seeds on the floor there too. <laughs> All right, so uh, walk us through uh, some memories from that 92 series, and uh, we'll see where the road takes us. Well, uh, I think uh, for a lot of people in the Miramichi, the the big thing that we remember from that series, um, uh, the the can home run. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know uh, when I talked to you about this in the past, uh, we we talk about the one that he hit in the Nationals in 95 as well. Um, But in the 92 series, uh, I'm not 100% sure which game it was at Ironman Field. Uh, probably somewhere mid-series. And uh, my recollection of that home run, first of all, is that I was in the on-deck circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a pretty nice vantage point of it. Anyways, from that particular at-bat, I'll never forget, he uh, he hit a foul ball that hooked down the, the right field line, mm-hmm. uh, a country mile, as we'd like to say. And uh, perhaps he was aiming for Red Bank, like Ivan King always likes to, uh, to mention. <laughs> and uh, anyways, he it, the ball went foul, and I believe it was an off-speed pitch from the, the Ironman pitcher. And some of the guys in the dugout, as, as we're known to do, got heckling, singing out to the pitcher to uh, throw it again. 
And lo and behold, a couple of pitches later, uh, whoever that was, Chuck him for the Ironman, threw mm-hmm. it again, and uh, it went a long way. Yeah, Cam was one of those rare guys. And and look, a gentleman, as you well know, you know him better than I do, a gentleman off the field. Big time, yeah. Uh, and a great guy on the field, but uh, when it came time, uh, you wanted to win a ball game, and uh, look... I would guess uh, Robert Stewart would have been the coach, correct? Yeah. So in, in in any situation, in any series, in any game, whether it's in May when you're starting the season or September when you're trying to beat the Ironman in Game Six, John Cann's your go-to guy. Like, sure. That's the guy you want. Yeah, absolutely. Runner on second with a couple outs in the bottom of your inning. Sure. John Cann's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. No Can't question. Go wrong there. So listen, let's go around. The Cardinal lineup here, and little Ryan would have been in full uh, fanboy mode. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, much like I would have been in those days uh, with with the Ironman. Well, you know what? <laughs> as much as I hate to say, to the age of forty two, still am uh, at this point in my life. Uh, <laughs> it's just, all right. just can't get it's in the blood. You know, you know how it goes. Sure. Um, but those guys, and I, I can remember the first time, and I was saying this to Jerry Green a few weeks ago. I can remember the first time I went to Iron Field. And I had heard of the Cuffies and the Art Leggetts and the, the Jimmos, Sorrells, Hardy. You, 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 the list goes on and on and on. Sure. You just couldn't imagine you were seeing them in person. You know what I mean? They yeah. were like the New York Yankees. Yeah, that's right. Boston Red Sox. Call it what you want. So let's go around as best you can recall. Cans at first, obviously, or DH. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I say, I hope that I don't uh, forget oh. any big names here. Cause, we're we're uh, going off been, memory alone. It's, it's been uh, quite a while, but... Uh, Definitely some of the stars of that team. Uh, you'd have the Dunnett boys, of course. No uh, Michael and Mark uh, up the middle at short, and uh, Mark at second. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the plate, the odd time as well, uh, Mark would have been. Um, should mention as well, uh, you mentioned Robert Stewart earlier as well. Uh, manager of that team was uh, the great Gary Dunnett as yeah. well. We can't forget him. A legend. And uh, But uh, as far as the rest of the squad went, uh, you know, we would have had Ricky McCollum over in third base. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid ball player mm-hmm. and uh, in the outfield I believe we would have had Ronnie McCombs mm-hmm. patrolling left field uh, there's a couple of imports on that team as well that uh, were huge in them uh, coming out on top uh, Jerry Fry absolutely and Jay Cole was the other gentleman on the squad that year uh, they both played a huge role in them uh, becoming the champions that year um, then of course uh, you know on the mound you got uh, big Chris Burns who was probably the the anchor of that staff mm-hmm. uh, of the entire league for a long time mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I believe we had Jamie Wood as well uh, from the left side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Wood, another great ball player on that team, uh, who would have been sort of DH slash first base mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping I'm not forgetting other guys as far as in the outfield. Uh, I do want to. I believe Brad McMillan was on that team as well. I would figure. And uh, I mentioned to you the other day as well, I'm near positive that Bull Cummings, Brian Cummings, was a member of the pitching staff on that <laughs> squad as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's some other guys there and I'm possibly forgetting. Um, all right, so let's go back to yourself, uh, your connection. How do you end up as Bat Boy, other than being there all the time? Uh, most likely through, I mean, uh, of course, minor ball, just being a part of minor ball mm-hmm. and uh, being around the fields all the time. And like I say, a couple of the guys were sort of doing the Bat Boy thing probably before I joined the team that year. Uh, most likely, I would say the Dunnett. Uh, the Dunnett family has been close to the Summers family forever. Did you grow up in and, that relative yeah, neighborhood yeah, too? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, no, not. I mean, uh, you know, Gary and Mark and Mike there in Irma. You know, their house was down uh, by Croft. Right. I'm up above the tracks. Uh, you're, you're above the tracks. Elementary. Okay. Okay. Um, but my dad and Gary were super close, and uh, I've known the family my entire life. So I mean, I, I played many games of hockey in the basement at the the Dunnett household. Uh, you know, probably going back to when I was four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely been close to that family, and I would have to guess that's probably how I managed to become Bat Boy uh, 
with the Cardinals at that particular time. So let's uh, let's let's take mid to late thirties Ryan Summers out of the equation here right now, and let's go back to Bat Boy Ryan. Were you? I mean, despite the fact it was Chatham Newcastle Cardinals Ironman, but were you consciously aware at your age that this was big and uh, there was a lot on the line here? Yeah, there's no question. Um, and like I said to you the other day, I feel like the Ironman had sort of gotten the best of the Cardinals in the years prior to that. And mm-hmm. I would have to check the history books to, mm-hmm. to see if that's accurate. But uh, I know it meant a lot to those guys to finally come out on top of that particular rivalry. And as far as the whole Chatham-Newcastle thing goes, I mean, when you grow up playing in it, uh, whether it's on the ice or on the field, uh, you can't help yourself. It's it's a big deal. 100%. And I would say, for myself anyway, I took it really seriously as a kid. I guess it was ingrained in me, you know, family yeah. members, 100%. friends, whatever. I would rather lose to Fredericton than Newcastle back in the day. Exactly. No question. Exactly. And and that's what it was like for me. Uh, definitely in the earliest years, um, like I say, whether it was ball or hockey. And interestingly enough, when it, you start to get a little bit older, like by the time I was playing high school hockey, you know, it was against the same guys that I'd been playing sports against for, right. you know, 10 years or more. Right. Um, Still definitely wanted to win, mm-hmm. uh, but had basically formed friendships with a lot of those guys along the way, too. So it was, it was interesting how that kind of changed over the, the course of a decade, I guess. Look, I don't think, and I'm talking sports only. Yeah, we're mirror machine now. And like you had just alluded to, the kids are growing up together. Yes, they go to schools on opposite side of the river. But they're, when they're playing ball, we have the Miramichi Twins. We have the Miramichi Wild. We have the Miramichi Timberwolves and minor hockey. And they're playing together. And it's fantastic. And it's working. Don't get me wrong. And there's great people involved. You know them every bit as well as I do. And if not better. But you know what? There was nothing wrong as you go back through your mind. There was nothing wrong with that rivalry. Just uh, intense, it, it, intense competition. And uh, it is what it was what it was. Yeah. And look, I guarantee you that, well, look at your Cardinal lineup. I'll look at my Ironman lineup or your Palamu lineup and my Tommy lineup. I guarantee you, if the game were on a Thursday, that your juices got flowing on a Tuesday. You just couldn't wait to get yeah. to the Civic Center or wherever it was or ball For field. Sure. Look, it's it's no different than now. And I, I get called out on it a lot, uh, Ryan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge Ironman guy as it stands right now. Work the PA for them and help where I can. Yeah. And I don't like the Fred and Royals. And I don't like the Moncton Fisher Cats, and I make no bones about it. That's I, good. I could That's care good. less, and it's healthy. You know what? But when the when the game's over, Dave Barr, for example, a guy you would know from the Fredericton sure. Royals sure. or Serge Votor in Moncton or whoever the player of the day, Sean O'Toole in St. John, they're all good guys, mm-hmm. and they all got to go to work tomorrow, and they're home raising their families, and there's that. Yeah. But it's all right to hate someone for the two hours you're playing or the seven innings or the three periods. There's, there's nothing sure. wrong with that. Sure. And like, like you say, I, I always found that uh, the competition between the two sides of the river, great for the community in general. Because like you say, you'd be playing to a full house. Thank you. Uh, whether it was at the LBA or the Civic Center. Or Cardinal uh, or Ironman. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I actually, as, as a player, I enjoyed going to the LBA more than playing the, the Tommies at the Civic Center because uh, that smaller you were arena sure. uh, just felt like a wicked atmosphere to be a part of. And uh, like you say, with the, uh, you know, I, I think it's great that the city's progressed in so many ways, but that rivalry that we have in terms of sports, I think is always, it should always be a big part of our city. Cause I mean, you look at the, the demographics that we have, mm-hmm. we have all our little communities besides mm-hmm. the Newcastle and Chatham thing. And uh, we have the, the both sides of the river as we always like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, I, I think 
you know, it does, it, like you said, it's only for a few hours. Absolutely. And, uh, it's exciting for everybody involved. And at the end of the day, there's a winner and a loser. But if you lose, you want to try and get them the next time. Quick little side shoot here. Let's look at the, uh, and how can you not admire and respect uh, the people that are keeping this going? The Miramichi Valley Baseball League, back in the, in, in the quote unquote good old days when there was lots of guys around. Not to suggest there's not a lot of people around, but uh, times were better mm-hmm. economically in town. There was more people here. This is a simple fact. Look, at you had Newcastle, you had Chatham, you had Chatham Head, mm-hmm. Knappen had a team, Silikers, Red sure. Bank, Douglastown. I'm probably forgetting a few. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, like, no, a lot of history in that league. And uh, thankfully, the you know the Tigers and the Miramichi Cardinals are keeping that. That's still a, a nice rivalry that we have going in, in the Miramichi area in terms of baseball. Uh, the Tigers, you know, they've been up and down a few mm-hmm. the last few years, um, but they still have some nice players on that team. And they seem to have a nice mix of, you know, they've got some old guys that are my age. I hate to say that, but uh, I've been excited to see them. You know, they've, they've upped their game and, you know, they had a few years where they're on the rise and then they seem to have a little setback now and then. Beautiful ballpark. Uh, unreal ball field. Yeah. And uh, like I say, I'm looking forward to uh, to watching some games this year uh, between those two teams. Uh both at uh, Memorial Field and uh, over in Chatham Head as well. All right, so back to 1992. Ryan's a younger guy and probably was taken home immediately after the game, but I would assume that the boys kicked the guts off a hell of a party after that one. Yeah, no no question. <laughs> yeah, like I, said, I think they, they left Ironman Field. Uh, clincher, I, I know you said game six earlier. I feel like it might have only been five games. Okay, but, my uh, bad. No, that's okay. Like I say, we're, we're just winging it here today, yeah, baby. Yeah. But... Um, they definitely would have uh, head back to Beaverbrook Road, uh, flipped the lights on, and uh, had an all-nighter. But uh, being 12 years old, I wasn't there for any of that. So you clinch it at Ironman. Yeah. And you're telling me the boys bailed out at Ironman and turned the lights on at uh, Cardinal and went yeah, for it. Yeah, I don't doubt it for a <laughs> I second. I love it. Don't, don't doubt it for a second. And I remember, like you say, with, in terms of that whole rivalry, too, um, obviously, as we've already said, it was a big deal for the Cardinals to come out on top. Um, and I remember for the players themselves – like in their mind, it was that much sweeter for them to do it on the Ironman home, oh, home turf, no too, question. right? You know? No question. And, uh, yeah, it was you, definitely a memorable night. You slay, sure. you slay the dragon in their own castle. Yeah. Simple yeah, as that. Exactly. Look, at uh, I'm embarrassed to admit this here. Now, I'll paint my picture here. 1992, I would have been 16. But I really have no great recollection of that 92 series for yeah. whatever reason. It's just like yeah. it's gone. I don't know. It, it's, it's embarrassing who, I would admit that. Who knows what you were up to, Patty? <laughs> who knows what I was up to? But uh, listen, the best you can recall, and let, let's talk about the uh, the community side of things. Cardinal and Ironman are packed, right? Every game, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and they're traveling back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It was one game at a time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, huge crowds at uh, both fields, for sure. So good gates. And Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm going to – I mentioned this to you the other day, and I'm going to mention it again. Yeah. Uh, hopefully my facts are straight on this, but uh, – as far as memorable moments go with that series, uh, I think I told you that game one was in Cardinal Cardinal Park, mm-hmm. and Ronnie Hardy was catching for the Ironman. Oh, this is the collision! Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And this uh, is awesome. I, I hope it's I hope it's ninety two series. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I was definitely there when it happened, yeah. and I'm near positive it was game one of the the finals that particular year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the Ironman were clinging to a one run lead. Yeah. There's one out in the bottom of the ninth. I guess it would have been in those days, right? Yeah. Still playing nine innings. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Cardinals are trying to tie it up with a tying run on third base. And there's a mid-range fly ball to left field. And Big John Can is going to try and tag up. you got a great memory. He's going to try and tag up and come home with the tying run. See, now, let let me put the brakes on you there. Sure. John Can in 1992 
John Cannon 2019. I'd rather run into the passing train in Newcastle Absolutely. than John Cannon lumbering home from third. Absolutely. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupt. No, no, that's okay. And, and like you say, if, if my year is wrong on this, uh, maybe we'll find Ronnie Hardy someday and ask him because I bet you he remembers. Anyways, admittedly, like I say, we're, we're not holding back here. I'm, I'm hoping that John Cannon can come down the line and sure. uh, score the tie and run. 100%. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm hoping Ronnie Hardy can hold on to the ball and tag e- him out. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, anyways, the, you know, I'll never forget it because it felt as though you could actually hear John Can thudding down that third baseline trying yeah. to beat the throw. Yeah. And the throw beat him by yeah. a long shot. And we all knew what was coming. Was Ronnie Hardy going to hold on to the ball or not? Again, different times. You could run a catcher Big in time. those days. Yeah. yeah that was exactly. the play. That was it. Yeah. And, uh, Anyways, like I say, even as a you know a bashed uh, Cardinal fan, uh, that night I'll never forget that uh, John Can hit Ronnie Hardy, and uh, Ronnie Hardy held onto that ball for the final out of the game. Yeah, and I was just awestruck. And and like I say, even though I was maybe a little disappointed that we didn't score the tie and run. Yeah, I remember I looked at Ronnie Hardy and I was like, no, that that's a hell of a ball player right there. But, but you know, I, I agree with you. But let's let's dissect that little five second window of time, following along what we said earlier. So much going on there. Games on the line. Mm-hmm. Cardinals Ironman. Mm-hmm. John Can wants to run over Ronnie Hardy and wants to score the run. No question. That's, yep. the, that's the only play. Yep. Or Robert Stewart's never talking to him again. <laughs> you know, really. Um, meanwhile, Ronnie Hardy, whether it's Ryan Summers, Patty Quinn, or Big John Can, he don't care who it is. He's, he's holding on to that ball. Exactly. In that five seconds, it just encapsulates everything that would have been going on That's in right. that whole Chatham Newcastle Ironman card, the whole thing. That's right. In that play alone. Yeah, and and like you say, uh, the see, those two, are great the, memories. The two sides of the field. Uh, the the left side would be the cardinal disappointment, right? And the right side would be the Ironman rejoicing, right? Hundred percent. Uh, that he made the play. Hundred percent. Say it's, a it's line drawn right down the middle there. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, like I say, it's etched in my memory. And like I say, if I'm off on the year, I, I know it was definitely one of the greatest plays I ever saw on a baseball field and uh, just bumped into Ronnie Hardy. I think I told you a couple of days before I saw you and yeah. uh, uh, I'll have to talk to him about it someday for sure. I guarantee you he would recall it with military precision yeah. as though it happened last night. No, no doubt. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So Packers now, and, and paint a picture for me here, too, because, uh, look, I certainly have an appreciation for it. I am a few years older than you, sure. fully aware that the Civic Center was uh, showroom new in 1986-87, uh, but uh, my home base would have been the LBA, so yep. I really have no appreciation for what you folks were going through, and when I say you folks, uh, um, over here, yeah. so, so your rink is gone, and I, and again, I think we were talking uh, with Brent out in front of uh, Family Convenience. Um, there was a time, as the uh, Civic Center as we know it now was being constructed, you guys were... Up and renews? Uh, no, well, my recollection is there was actually one year where they put together an outdoor rink, which is in what be the parking lot at the Civic Center there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, minor hockey-wise, I think I told you the other day, I actually played a little bit over in Chatham. I know, hard to believe. Right? No, no, I, I realized Chatham, but uh, renews as well, or am I crazy? I never really ventured up to Italy, so? and, and maybe some others did. And, and um, the, only, the only reason I'm saying that, Ryan, uh, to give you some context, is I would have assumed in those days, different times, there was more kids, there was more teams, I would have assumed LBA ice time to be at a premium anyways, sure. let alone with inheriting sure. Newcastle minor hockey. Well, I guess, like I say, for myself, I was just at the age where I was going to be joining minor hockey okay. when the Sinclair rink burned down, mm-hmm. and I do know that there was, like I say, it was like a temporary thing it wasn't for any real big organized minor hockey but they did have an outdoor rink uh, mm-hmm. for us to play on i guess 
Um, and as far as actually stepping on so a real a real arena ice surface, I think I told you the Malone Brothers Hockey School. But we're not we're not yeah. talking like family skates. We're talking you were playing games outside. Yeah, and really? I mean just sort of like shinny or yeah, scrimmage yeah. or whatever. But they were trying to keep it. her going. Yeah, they're just trying to you know there's there's kids that want to play some hockey. Right, let's, keep the kids interested. Exactly. I got you. And uh, like I say, I went to uh, Malone Brothers Hockey School. Would have been the first time I ever actually strapped on the blades in a rink. Yeah. And then the following year, the uh, the Civic Center would have been uh, ready to. Rock, so to speak. That's an incredible time in uh, Miramichi sports history. But Ricky's and dragging you to the rink. Yeah, and, and honest to God, like sometimes you don't remember what you had for breakfast, but you remember everything that happened 30, 30 plus years ago. Thank you very and, much. Uh, I that's, agree. That's the Packers for me, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was I was happy to uh, to host that Packers night a couple of years ago. Yeah, for the Wolves uh, playoff drive. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome to see all those guys in the same room again. I think we ended up with eleven or twelve of the Packers in total by the end of it, and. Uh, like say, yeah, it's those are the glory days. Look, allow me to say this, and I'll get your juices flowing here. And I'm coughing and hacking here. Thank you to the uh, halls. Uh, I went with the uh, soft centers. You, are you an old fashioned square guy, or are you going yeah, with the soft, soft center? centers? Are not doing you any good, bud. You, you, you're, you go old school on yeah, those. 100%, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So look, at much like I said when I finally got to Ironman Field and got to see the Leggetts and Jimbo's of the world uh, again. We're both younger. 86, 87. I'm 10, 11. So you're younger. Sure. And I said this to Jerry the other day. It was as though we were going to see the Leafs and Habs at Big the time. Forum or the Gardens. It like was. I mean, Fuzzy Loga just seemed like he was from another planet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You couldn't imagine that Fuzzy Loga had a Packers jersey on. That's right. Yeah. Uh, your local boys, Hardy, Pinders, McDonald, Watling, uh, Eve Lavois, and Nett was yeah. like Patrick Waugh in Unreal. 1986. Like, come on. Yeah. It was just, they were on a whole other level. And it was, oh, look at Ryan. If I went through my old rubber made totes i'm doing so on mind's eye right now i guarantee i have a calendar or a poster or ticket sure. stubs or Programs, something program yeah. is yeah. the other one yeah guaranteed and i guarantee you they're autographed yeah and and you're bang on to, to say that they were they were in our in Mermachier's eyes they were like the the local nhl team um no question for us like i say i just started minor hockey yeah. and i'll never forget getting an autograph from one of the packers they happened to be coming on the ice for i guess one of their practices sure after one of ours one particular evening right and one of my favorites at the time was uh uh jean francois boutin jeez yes he he signed literally it'd be a piece of paper that i could tear off this notepad right to ryan jean francois boutin and that may as well have been uh made that might have been gretzky's autograph to me right at that particular time and i I agree 100 percent interestingly enough at Hoppy Dunn's roast, yes, close to twenty-five to thirty years later, mm-hmm. I got to tell Jean-Francois Boutin all about that when he pulled up a chair right beside me. All right, so does he look at you like you're crazy, or did he understand? Yeah, he did, did. Or did he understand what was going on at the day at he, the time? Well, I mean, we'd had a few wobbly pops yeah, by the time uh, sure. Boutin pulls up a chair beside me. Everyone and had a wobbly pop at Hoppy Dunn's. We, uh, we roast. had a we had a couple, <laughs> and. Uh, it was hilarious though because I had told my wife the story. God love her. She, you know, she puts up with my stories. Sure. And uh, I had told her the story about getting his autograph and how excited I was to see all the Packers that night. Yeah. And so I tell her the big story. I think I probably even posted it to Facebook. And I go to the Hoppy Dunn roast. You know, eight hours later, and there, there. just happens to be an empty chair. He showed up late. I think he was probably an hour late into mm-hmm. the event. Mm-hmm. And. Pulls up a chair beside me. I look to my right, and there's Jean-Francois Boutin. And so, of course, I'm. I'm so just you like, make him right away. You know who he is. 
Oh yeah, okay. yeah, and uh, I I couldn't help myself. I was just like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. I, I get telling them the big story, and uh, he thought it was great. Uh, but anyways, look at that eighty six, eighty seven, and, and, and look at you referenced his uh, his roast, and, and and may he rest, a dear friend uh, to both of us, and, and a legend. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, if not for the Packers at the Civic Center, don't tell me you weren't hanging on to the radio back in the day. Yeah, and uh, I mean the hop. Uh, legend we all know that um i have a lot of favorite memories of hoppy oh, and uh, i could go on for hours yeah i don't do and you you could trump me in this department for sure but uh as far as that particular year with the packers um you know i generally the, the great thing about that particular year was that everyone sat in the same seat yeah every game jam-packed right. right so i was probably in section 17 with my old man and collie savage chris savage probably about row f you know what i was probably a, I, I was a 17 or two yeah yeah about three quarters away up middle yeah. of the row there mm-hmm. somewhere in there wow. and uh, if i wasn't there the odd time i might be sitting with my grandmother mm-hmm. and my grandmother adored hoppy dunn mm-hmm. and literally and, and sports in general right big time yeah. big time yeah i mean that's that's my biggest influence really mm-hmm. and uh, she uh, one of her favorite parts of the game was watching Hoppy make that legendary stroll across the ice. He'd come from the bench's side and walk across. He'd do it in the intermissions too, right? And uh, it was amazing. Like when I reflect on it, um, I, I've told people this, you know, since Hop passed that, uh, you know, at, at in my mind he was already like a legend in the whole town, yeah. and I would have thought he was a much older man than he was but I when agree. you do the math after he passed mm-hmm. hoppy was just a young man at just that time kid. he was 21 yeah. 22 years old look at and, and the other thing too and I, I get goosebumps and, and you know what uh shame on me uh given the outcome and his 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 early passing and i apologize if i get emotional here but i love the guy um just that sign on from the headwaters of the northwest miramichi to the yeah. farewell buoy yeah for sure just that in and of itself when you look back on it now as adults mm-hmm and now we know where the Northwest is and the sure. headwaters and the farewell blue. We understand now sure. just to have to be in that moment. And I would, you know what? It's, it's a conversation I'm, uh, we're, we're never going to have, unfortunately, nor did I have with them. Mm-hmm. And all the times that I had the opportunity in hotels, I don't know where I ever came up with it. Like, I just like to think that he was sitting at his kitchen table with a beer <laughs> or a big glass of vodka, which uh, he was no stranger to Sure, with his pen and paper like we have in front of us here right now going you know what i need a good sign on and because you know what you can't imagine look at let's call it what it is you, you can't imagine that sign on being anything than what we remember it to be which is from the headwaters of the northwest miramichi yeah. to the farewell buoy and yeah. sometimes he'd throw in somewhere down there below yvonne Durrell's house he'd throw that in there oh, just, yeah. just for a little flavor shake, shake her up the odd time yeah i mean it was just perfect and, and like you say you're perfectly fine to get emotional thinking of the man because uh, like for myself like you mentioned listening yeah. on the radio I was probably more often than not in the arena, you know, sure. uh, wherever Hoppy was. But uh, I always like say, I think of my grandmother up in Castles. She'd have that radio beside her bed. Like she wasn't missing that. Absolutely. And if you asked her about the game, you know, if I didn't happen to, to catch the game on the radio or hear about it, if you asked my grandmother about the game, she'd tell you a little bit about the game. The score was this and that. But then she'd tell you everything about how great Hoppy was. Absolutely. And give you sort of the, the summary of Hoppy's call of the game, which and, was, was and, just awesome. And, and following along your grandmother's trajectory there, there, there was a magic in Hoppy in the sense that, uh, and look, I have no problem saying this, and please don't don't read this and, and anything other than to what it is. He, he could murder the Queen's English with the best of them, but it worked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's Miramichi vernacular. Absolutely, it yeah. worked. It was magical in, in that sense. And the, and the other thing, too, and again, picture this. I mean, I have an 18-year-old. How old is your young lad? Uh, it's going to be three. All right, so yeah. they're going to grow up in a world of pure internet. Sure. 1986-87, there's no such thing as the internet. Yeah. Your only connection to the team when they weren't at the Civic Center 
was hoppy down on the radio. Yeah, that's right. Think of the boys and, and picture 1986, 87 Miramichi, the boys at the mill. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee you there was radios on in the lunchroom or yeah, I've never been inside definitely. the mill, but I can only imagine there was radios no, everywhere. The, the control definitely. room or wherever. Sure. Um, that was the only connection. And now someone listening in who was born in the late 90s or 2000s can't imagine not being able to do this. That's right. Like at any given time, the Timberwolves could be in Grand Falls tonight, for instance. And they could be on the, on your phone. Right. Yeah. And then you and I are having a beer at uh, wherever or a cup of coffee at Creative Grounds across the way here. And by the way, we're recording this at the beautiful Vogue Theater. We'll get a little plug in here for Victor in a moment. <laughs> but let's say we're having a coffee and you go, hey, Quinn, what's the score of the game? Within two seconds, I'm saying, Summers, it's 6-4 for the Timberwolves. Yeah. Just yeah. like that. That's right. But in those days... You had to go to the guy. So not only was he good, not only was he a legend, but he was our only connection. Yeah. He, really he, he was He was the one, I would make the case, that, well, look, he was their greatest cheerleader. There's no question about that. As, sure. I, as I said to Jerry before, no one ever lost a fight in the road. No, that's right. You were never outshot in the road. And even if it was a 9-2 clunker that you were losing, he made her sound like it was a 4-3 overtime. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Well, and, and his, his radio promos uh, leading up to the game that Saturday oh, night. Crazy. Um, I mean, the... The games were well attended anyway, uh, but by the time you get done listening to a, a Hoppy Dunn promo on the radio, I mean, if, if you weren't sure about going to the game, you made sure you were there after you heard him. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, and you know what? One, one final note on that. And like I said to you on the outset, I could go on for hours, but uh, there are some times someone somewhere will say, hey, you remember the time or Quinn, tell us a story about you and Dunn wherever. Yeah. So you, you go back through your mind's eye and you, you hollow out a story you think's going to get the room going. But there are times, Ryan, as, as crazy as it sounds, where I, I'm telling this story and you just kind of go, like, did that happen? Like, it's so yeah. far-fetched. It's so far-fetched and it's <laughs> so crazy. And the yeah. fact no one was killed on the other side of the story sure. or beat up, yeah. they all happened. Yeah, they we, you just can't imagine that we managed to live through them. Sure. But that was the magic, too. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a quick one of mine, if you don't mind. No, uh, go ahead, please. In my uh, When I first uh, started seeing Heidi, uh, we lived together in Pictou County for three years. Heidi's your wife? Yes. Okay. Uh, For three years, and uh, I got following the Crushers down there quite a bit, uh, going to the games with my father-in-law, George, and uh, of course, whenever Miramichi would come to town, it was a little more excitement, right? Well, now, this is an interesting perspective. You're there when Pictou County has a team in our league. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we're talking about, let's see, we're in the 2000. I would say they came in around 2005, 2006. I would say you're right somewhere, on you're Somewhere right around there. Because yeah. we, we moved home in 2009. I only lived there for three years. So right. yeah, 2006, 2007. So we're talking the old, and I lived down that way too, further afield there in Cape Breton, but the old Brother McDonald Stadium. You got her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the Timberwolves are going to come on a Thursday night, and uh, there's a big storm, and. I believe bus may have even had issues. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the arena and there's no sign of the Timberwolves. Oh, awaiting our arrival. Yep. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like you might have been with uh, with the hop that night. I'm no sure doubt. you would have been. You would have been. And uh, anyways, uh, good hour, hour and a half late getting the game started. and uh, But we stuck it out. And uh, I'm up in the canteen area. And they've got the area towards the end uh, set up for you guys to do a little play-by-play. Wow. And uh, lo and behold, here comes the hop strolling across like he owns the place you're right and uh <laughs> with the little duffel bag yeah. you know he probably got that at dave's sports shop my yeah. uncle's building right. downtown right. and uh away he comes over and he gets out his you know it, it looked very old school you know radio gear oh it, it, it was it was and yeah, no uh, question he gets gets her all rigged up and of course you got a couple little tastes there with them too just for commercial breaks it's and, groceries uh, as he used to call them anyway it was unreal because 
the game starts and Hoppy starts calling the game like he would. And within no time, I was writing my glory because yeah. I was sort of it was like I well, went back and reliving my childhood. Your worlds bit, are colliding right? here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoke to him a little bit about my grandparents and whatnot. And, of course, he knew all the family. He knew everybody. Right? Oh, so, so let me jump in. You, you don't know him by. No, no. I, I knew him in person, but it, okay. had, been, it had been years okay, so you're since I'd ever seen him. Okay, I got you. And so I just come up to him in Picto County, and I'm not sure if he'll know who I am right. or whatever. And he's not expecting to see a familiar face. And when I say Ken Lange, Mona Lange, yeah, yeah. bang, he's right. He knows everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I don't got to tell him who I am anymore. Right. And uh, so I just start listening to him call the game, and within no time, we've got uh, 10 people or more. Absolutely. Random uh, Picto County folks observing and not even really looking out watching the game. Oh. And, and the guy nudges me, and he goes, who's this guy? And I yeah. told him, I said, that, that's Hoppy Dunn. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, he's some good, like some good on the on the mic." I mm-hmm. said, "You have no idea; he's a legend in our town." Look, there's very few people that would believe that story. I happen to be one of them because I've seen that movie. The same thing play out, especially because there was a connection to the old uh, Senior Tigers and Hoppy Dunn, and he did some work for them. And the uh, CK and B would have been the radio station in Camelton. But, anyways, long story short, further to your uh, Pictor County story, we would go to Camelton. And usually in those days, Ryan, Camelton's home game was Friday. And nine times out of ten, Camelton would follow us back home. Well, not yeah. follow us yeah, home, yeah, but yeah. it would be home Saturday night at home. Home and home. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Saturday night at home. There'd be 30 to 50 people within just, just an arm's length of us just taking it in. Yeah, there you go. Just taking yeah. it in. That's awesome. And it was another shot save, rebound shot save. And meanwhile, there's a, a line change going <laughs> sure. on. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the best game that you never saw. All right, uh, so Palamu Tommies, let's uh, cross that bridge. Uh, had had that uh, had that died down by the time you rolled along? Uh, a little bit. Can mm-hmm. I can I just give you? The, oh, please. The, sorry, I don't mean to backtrack. No, but, uh, backtrack all one, you want. One last thing about the the hop okay. that uh, I'll, I'll never. Uh, you know, it's weird how life works out and our connections to them. But uh, we lost the hop the day that my son was born. Is and, that so? Uh, so I'll never, I'll never forget uh, May first, two thousand sixteen. Wow. Right? And uh, was it two thousand sixteen? Yeah, yeah. Jeepers. Kenley was Kenley was born early in the morning yeah. and uh, mid afternoon. Yeah. I guess you know, like we find out, unfortunately. Uh, Facebook posts from somebody. Uh, I, I remember telling my old man, I said, geez, Hoppy Dunn just passed away. Well, look, I'll give you it from my side. Uh, you and your wife have a beautiful story there uh, with Kenley's arrival. Um, I'm under the Morrissey Bridge. It's bass season. Yeah. It's Sunday, you say? Yeah, it was a Sunday morning, I, yeah, I do believe. it absolutely was. Because okay. uh, we, we went in uh, to be induced on Saturday, mm-hmm. and things took a while, and mm-hmm. he was born on Sunday, yeah. So I'm under the Morrissey Bridge, bass fishing, uh, you know, a typical in-bass season, Miramichi day, you know what I mean? And I'm throwing a line, and my phone rings, and I thought, geez, this can't be good news. Right, right away, because it was early in the day when I got the phone call. Okay. And it was Fred Adair, and you remember Fred from the, yeah, the roast. Yeah. I mean, he he near burned the Kin Center down with his <laughs> yeah. presentation that yeah, day. He's good. <laughs> uh, but it just it's it's funny. Oh, it's it's far from funny, but it's interesting how when that phone rang, I just knew it wasn't it wasn't you to say hello. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. Hey, you going to the ball game later? Yeah. It, it wasn't that call. I just knew that's not good news, and I give her the old hello, and that's what it was. Yeah, yeah and that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, I'll put the cap on that. Uh, two things. Um, uh, his daughter now lives up north. Uh, so when it came time for uh, City of Miramichi Sports Wall of Fame, uh, she couldn't travel down. So I got to do that and uh, was asked to do the uh, eulogy at his uh, funeral as well. So, yeah. uh, And you were amazing, by the way. You know what? It's funny yeah, you would say yeah. that. Well, I appreciate hearing that. Yeah. I, 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 truth be told, Ryan, yeah. City of Miramichi, I, I, I have seen because uh, they uh, record them. Mm-hmm. But I really have... Um, I remember uh, Father Fowler. Is it Father Tom Fowler? Yeah. I remember yeah. Father Fowler uh, introducing me as the 
gentleman who was going to give the eulogy. I remember going back to my seat next to Roger Hubbard and his family, and Mr. Mr. Dunn was there, and I don't remember the eulogy, and that's crazy. I just went into full sure, full blackout mode. But but that's likely why it turned out so good, because you just came across uh, natural, just like we're talking about the hop right now, Patty. It's, uh, when you have good memories of someone, it's easy to do. Called me every day, and uh, I think I made mention of it at the at, at St. Mary's that particular morning. Uh, <laughs> and this is kind of a sums up our theme here. He used to say, "I love you, kid," even though you are from Chatham. That was he, <laughs> he said it to me every day. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right, so Palamu Tommy's. By the time you roll along, sure, minor hockey, minor balls amalgamated, and that has somewhat been watered. No, I don't want to say watered down, but tempered. No, it it, it really was. I mean, uh, still was a great thrill to uh, to get to play in the rivalry. Sure, uh, I actually played a little bit in my grade eleven year as well, like as a call up, and uh, you know it was exciting then. But uh, grade twelve year uh, had a lot of great games. The Tommies actually won the Northern Conference Championship my graduating year. Yeah, uh, so they obviously they had a really strong season. Do me a quick favor, throw me some sure. Tommies names so I can get a, a feel for the era. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you know sure. you know your age, Polly Henderson, and those boys. That the- oh, Polly Henderson was on my left. Okay. Wing, yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. So I know uh, that era. So throw some yeah, Tommies at me. Well, Kyron Bowes. Okay, so uh, that. Jeff Savage, uh, Brian Carter. Jeff Lampke, maybe? Jeff Lampke would have been playing with the Rivermen. Oh, okay, I okay. Believe. But that era, okay. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, like you say, uh, we, we had some great games against the Tommies, and, uh, but you're right, it, it wasn't, it didn't, you know, when we went to the LBA, it still had that feel. Yeah. Because, like you say, the... Or if it was Green and Gold Cup time or conversely, exactly. Fall Classic. Fall Classic, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, the like I say, the biggest difference was the, the crowds weren't quite the same as they had been because I had gone to all those games 10 years earlier yeah. uh, when, when that rivalry was at its peak. Yeah. And it just wasn't quite the same. And, and, and admittedly, uh, talent-wise, I've joked with people that the, uh-huh. the 88 Palamu would have beat us <laughs> 20 to nothing, right? I mean, they, <laughs> those teams were powerhouses yeah. on both sides of the Absolutely. river, uh, Tommy's and Palamu. Uh, from the, but of course, like you say, no Riverman. Uh, things were different back then. Look, if you need to hear this, and uh, I missed it this year for the first time in like 15 years, uh, something got in the way. I kind of forget what it was. doesn't matter. But uh, Wood, excuse me, Sean, uh, my annual contribution to MBHS is I usually work the microphone for the Fall Classic uh, opening. Good, yeah. Introduction of the Palamo, introduction of the Tommies, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But if you need to hear this, and, and yes, these kids all know each other. They, they've they grown up together. They, they can text each other and all that stuff. <laughs> the spirit of the two schools is still there. And for that Thursday night game, that one moment, sure. it's, it's like I say in my day-to-day job, if you go to but one game during the Fall Classic or the Green and Gold, you do, yeah. make it the Thursday game when it's Palamo Tommies. Yeah. Because you know what? They want to win. You can pick your side, whether it's Green and Gold or Blue and Gold. And the other thing is the kids, the schools get yeah, into it. They, they, they really, still get it. They really do. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome to see. I, I have to admit, too, I, I missed it uh, this year as well. Yeah, most, most, years, most years I try to sure. uh, to make it down. Sure. Um, I guess I'll blame the two-year-old for my absence this there year. I don't know. It's probably his <laughs> fault, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I do know that uh, in 98, I was pretty fired up for that game on Thursday night. But uh Tommy's came across the river and I think they spanked us six one or something. So <laughs> that sucked. So nineteen ninety eight would have been that year. That's before my time. I think Wood got me involved around 
Well, Wood would have been with the Timberwolves in her second, third, and fourth years, I think. So sure. somewhere along 02, 03, 04, he said, get up here. I need a man on the microphone. I said, okay. Yeah. I guess technically that game would have been the fall of 97, like graduated in 98. Right. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. So Palamu Tommy's uh, Ironman Packers. Uh, we've uh, ran the gamut there. Uh, got a little uh, word in there for uh, our old friend uh, Hop. And uh, finally, it would be remiss of us because we're both uh, WWE and WWF nerds. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm more from the, the, the show business side of it. Uh, I love everything about how they do what they do, even as a kid and as an adult. But Mean Gene. Mean Gene has passed. And look, at I don't care. You could be the least interested person in wrestling. Yep. But Mean Gene Okerlund, I mean, the stuff, those, those promos he cut are the stuff of legend. And you can't help but, again, taking the wrestling out of it if you're not a fan mm-hmm. – you can appreciate the, the, the art and the skill. Sure. And look at, I don't know this, uh, you're, you're a little bit nerdier than I on, on the old WWE, WWF. <laughs> Thank uh, you. W- with all due respect. <laughs> but I, I was, for, so far as I can tell and all I've read, and uh, YouTube is a wonderful thing, they would just, Mean Gene would stand there behind the backdrop, they'd roll in Macho Man or Ultimate Warrior, and they'd just hit record. And just go for it. Go yeah. for it. Nothing yeah. scripted and Hogan or whomever. Uh, that's likely why it's as good as it was, right? I, I think mean, you're right. It was just so natural. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about Hop and uh, his promos for Saturday Night Crazy Alan Packers. Yeah. Uh, mean Gene, same type of thing. Yeah. Uh, he'd do those interviews backstage, and by the time, because he would do one guy and I think Sean Mooney. There's yeah. a nerd for you. There, there you go. That? Yeah. Sean Mooney would interview the other guy. But right. after Mean Gene's promo, you could hardly wait to see Rowdy Rowdy Piper get in the ring with uh, Jake the Snake or whoever it may be, right? <laughs> I mean, but, uh, yeah, the, the man was awesome. The Internet's a wonderful thing. June 5th, 1994. Believe it or not, maybe people are hearing this for the first time. <laughs> June 5th, 1994, WWF rolls into the Miramichi Civic Center. It did. And yeah. you were there. I was, and it uh, wasn't exactly the greatest of times for uh, WWF. I, I don't mean to slight our, our well, no. beloved Miramichi, but uh, they had gone from you know WrestleMania three with... Uh, 93,000 people in the, in the stands to, let's just say, business wasn't going great when all of a sudden you're at the Miramichi Civic Center. Sure, that's uh, fair. Things things have taken a bit of a slide. And uh, prior to them arriving at the Civic Center, when it was still in its prime, uh, Moncton Coliseum used to host WWF all the time. 100%. And uh, you should have seen the crews I used to go to those with. Mm-hmm. Talking about uh, the likes of Tony Miller and Eric and Mark Farn. Oh, my and, God. Uh, Cecil and Susan Miller used to put us all in the back of their, their big van and take it's, us all. There had to be 10 kids in the back of that thing and uh, never missed it. Wow. I've, always, I've always told people that. Cecil and what, what's her name? Uh, Sue Miller. They must have it's nerves the, of steel to take that of crew the, of outfit. The, the greatest people you'd ever meet. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, sure. took, they'd take about at least eight to 10 kids, so every one of those. <laughs> and uh, I've told people over the years, honest to God, outside of Hulk Hogan, and I'm pretty sure I saw all those guys from back in the day. Uh, you know, Warrior being, of course, Ultimate Warrior being one of my favorites, of course. But uh, saw them all. Other Hogan couldn't get it in him to come to Moncton, I guess, because uh, the rest of them were there. Well, bounce some names off me. June 5th, 94. Who's there? My recollection was that uh, Shawn Michaels was supposed to be in one of the main events. And I don't think he felt like performing in Newcastle that particular night. Pulled the he, shoot. He, he suddenly had a... Uh, Broken yeah. leg. Yeah. I'm doing the air quotes here. Yeah, yeah. They can't see us on the podcast, right? But, yeah, they call that now, yeah. if it's ball or hockey, an upper body injury or there something. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he developed that on his way to uh, Miramichi, I guess. Um, I believe uh, Big Daddy Diesel was on that card, mm-hmm. which would have been like Shawn Michaels' uh, wingman, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. 
and like I say, the, the roster at that particular time is, is thinning, right? Uh, things weren't going well. I want to say Doink the Clown might have made an appearance at the Miramichi Civic Center. In your mind's eye, how many people would be there, uh, best you can recall? Ah, uh, gosh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, not as many people that were at the Gagnon Packers games uh, really, eh? 10 years before that, that's for sure. So good seats um, were still available. I We had ringside seats, uh, maybe second or third row. I remember the excitement in the middle, Harkins Middle School sure. of the fact that tickets were going on sale for WWF at the Civic Center. And so my buddy Todd Foreign and I, you know, we never miss any of those things. Again, back in the days where you had to go to the arena and stand in line. Get, get your there's tickets. No, there's exactly. no civiccenter.com. Exactly. Right. And I feel like Wally McTavish may have been with us as well. Okay. But uh, we got our seats and we were pretty happy with them. And uh, as far as what the total crowd would have been like, like there wasn't a ton of ringside seats. And I guess some people would have been sitting in the general sections, but um, I'm going to guess no more than a thousand people at the very most. Is that so? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you'd, you'd see 3,500 for a Packers game, right? And may he rest? Another Civic Center legend. Would Jackie Lapointe have been fired up for this one? I'm guessing. He, I mean, Jackie was fired up for everything. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, safe bets. Are you ready for this? Yeah, lay it on me. WWF at Newcastle, New Brunswick, June 5th, 1994. This is going to bring back some memories. I hope I got some of these right. Bob Backlund defeated the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, there's there's a heavyweight tilt. Duke Droz. Duke def- the Dumpster Drozzy. Def- uh, Drozzy, okay. Yeah. Defeated Bastion Booger. I told you it was a watered-down card. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarrett defeated Doink the Clown, so you nailed that oh, one. Oh, there you go. Razor Ramon defeated Jeff Jarrett yes. as a substitute for WWF Intercontinental Champion Diesel. Okay, so Diesel was the one that pulled the fake job. Well, it could have been both, but I'm yeah. just telling you, again, I'm, I'm going with what no, I'm reading no, here. No, no, because that's what it was. There, was. there was somebody that basically stepped out, so that's you nailed it right there. WWF women's champion Alundra Blaze defeated Luna Vashon. Yeah, she was pretty scary looking. You remember that? Luna, yeah. The Smoking Guns defeated the Executioners, and Lex Luger defeated Crush. Sir, well, we didn't do too bad in Newcastle then. Lex <laughs> Luger, you got Lex Luger and Razor Ramon in there. Yeah. That's not bad. June fifth, uh, nineteen ninety four. Look at it. it's been a pleasure. Uh, I could talk old times forever, as you well know. We've, yeah. Can we agree to do this? That uh, we'll revisit this in time. I, I'd love to do it again someday, and uh, we'll we'll come up with an entirely different uh, agenda on our fancy pieces of paper here. I, I like to talk about Miramichi. And, and, you know, to the to the wider scope, New Brunswick. I love sports. That's right in my wheelhouse. I love that whole Cardinal Ironman, Chatham, Newcastle dynamic, Tommy Plam. I love it. I love everything about it. But we should cross the Giants-Dodgers bridge uh, at some point in time because, <laughs> I mean, that's Hatfields and McCoys. Uh, I mean, it is. It's, it's crazy. And that's ingrained. Uh, real quickly, let's, let's set the table for the next visit. And I, I'm going to default to what you said about uh, your grandmother. Uh, I, I'm going to suggest that she led you down the Dodgers road. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, I'll, I'll save that for another time because if you get me talking about that, we'll be here for another. That's a long one. All right. So he, okay. It's good. So we'll agree to do that. Here's my entry point to the... Giants, you ready for this? And again, different times, Ryan. It's foolish to, to suggest that you and I are Dodgers and Giants fans from the era we come from because there was no internet, there was no streaming. The games were on at eleven or midnight hour time, Big time at yeah. best. Yeah, you couldn't PVR in those days. <laughs> but uh, and, and you would have had something. Uh, Newcastle Rec and Leisure, I believe, is what it was called. Remember the old CRC China Recreation Council here? Sure. Yeah, they ran a bingo, very successful when bingo was running hot, and they bought. Equipment for kids. Yeah. And I was the first baseman. And I remember getting a trapper. It was a Rawlings trapper. Will Clark on us. William Nushler Clark Jr. on the inside yes, of the... And, and, and again, there was no 
Google and William Nushler Clark. Yeah. You had to go to Foley's Convenience or in your world where Neva's Handy Stand and buy yeah. a box of cards. John Bethel's Bookstore. There you go, John <laughs> Bethel's Bookstore. Uh, and that was my entry point. Yes, sir. And it sounds crazy, and it's been a lifelong fascination and passion for all things Giants on a gifted glove uh-huh. that someone had for five years before. You know there what I mean? Because you, go. you got hand, if the junior Ironman got new equipment, well, that means the midget got the old junior yeah, and the banner yeah, got yeah, the old got, midget. That's, exactly. that's how it went. Yep. Same thing over in Newcastle. Yeah, so yeah. this glove had some miles on it and yeah. had uh, some balls in it. And, uh, and I fall in love with Will Clark. And became uh-huh. a Giants fan. You know what? I'm a Dodgers fan, but I uh, always had a lot of respect for Will the Thrill, they called him. Great swing. Yeah. Number unreal, 22. Unreal player. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you.